Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 179th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, Blackhawks, with some good stuff being posted there every day as well. The Locked On crossover series as we get set for the NHL's return to play continues. Tom Gazzola from Locked On Oilers alongside Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks as we get set for the Oilers and Blackhawks qualifying round series, which begins Saturday afternoon. But before we get to that, There are exhibition games. We saw the Oilers defeat the Calgary Flames on Tuesday night by a score of 4-1 to at Rogers Place. Interestingly enough, the Oilers got dressed in the Oil Kings locker room, which is better (laughs) than a good chunk. It's Jack, it's a great locker room, and it's better than a lot of home locker rooms in the NHL. Yeah, it's, you know what, they did a fantastic job with that building, but it's, it's the new normal, really. And the other thing that was interesting about watching that game last night was seeing how the National Hockey League set up its arenas. And both are identical in the setup. Mm -hmm. And I kind of gave it like a concert type. uh, It was kind of cool. Yeah. What do you you think of the way the league has set up the two rinks that it'll be using? And and how do you think it'll play out aesthetically on TV and in, in rink for the teams? I think everything so far looks really good. Like you said, it's kind of got that like concert venue. Everything's kind of like wide and they have these big like uh, I'm not sure if it's on a jumbo screen or they're like uh, posters, but they got like pictures of the teams and stuff everywhere. I think it's going to turn out just fine as long as they're able to keep the ice conditions. That, that's my only real concern is are they going to be able to keep the ice very good with so many teams playing on it every day? What, are, what do you think about that? Well, that's going to be the test. And uh, they sent Dan Craig, the NHL's ice guru, here to Edmonton, and I'm sure part of his crew is down in Toronto and listen, on top of that, Jack, is the fact that it's so warm here. It was high 80s mm-hmm. yesterday. It might have even crept into the 90s Fahrenheit uh, here in, in Canada. You know, we go by Celsius. So it, it, it got into the 30s Celsius, and that's hot, Yeah, um, especially for Edmonton. And, and it's been a bit humid, too, around here. We have had some thunderstorms, and, and that's added to it. We had some last night, actually, after the game. I was doing my postgame show, which which is great. You know, want to keep it a little bit cooler and fresher. but yeah, the rink crews are definitely going to be kept busy, and I think they're going to be up to the task. But it, it's kind of neat how they did it. And here's the other thing, too, Jack, is, like, they're dialing it back. I know they have a bunch of plans with, like, different camera angles and stuff like that. And they said, we're not going to give you the full show until Saturday. But, mm-hmm. you know, we saw some snippets of what's right. to come. There's I don't some, like, cool different angles with – yeah. And they use that one high angle. It's kind of like a jib cam that kind of floats uh-huh. over the rink. I don't personally like it. I thought I would, but I don't like it. Did you notice anything that stood out to you that you said, ah, I'm not so sure about that, or was there anything you really liked? The, uh, the only thing that really got me is what we've seen in uh, baseball so far, the, the fake fan noise, man. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a big uh, big fan of the fake crowd noise, the fake cheers. I don't know. It just sounds a little corny to me. I get that they're probably trying to make some noise and make it a live event and probably trying to cover up some of what the players say. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't really like the fan noise, but everything else to me seems pretty good. Um, I know they're, like you said, they're going to, uh, 
the rink attendants are going to have their hands busy, not only with taking care of the ice, but I know they have to clean out the benches, clean out in front of the benches, clean out the locker rooms after every game. So everyone's going to be really kept busy here. And I, I think it's going to test the rink attendants, but I'm sure they're going to be able to get the job done in a timely manner. Uh, Jack, they are going to be very busy, certainly today, as there's a whole slew of games. And one of those is the Blackhawks taking on the St. Louis Blues. That's a 4.30 Mountain Time start, 5.30 for those of you listening in Central Time uh, back in Chicago. By the way, I'm going oh, yeah. to pander to your city because uh, it is my favorite road city, having traveled the league for eight years and, and oh, wow. being with the Oilers and all that. It was my first road trip. We went Calgary, Columbus, Chicago. Calgary was blah, whatever. It's just like Edmonton. <laughs> How do you like the Saddle Dome? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's, heard interesting it's, things about the Saddle Dome. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst rink in the National Hockey League. It is. Yeah, I, it I is heard awful. A good thing about it. it. It's worse than what Rexall Place was here in Edmonton, and and Rexall Place was older, and um, you know what? They kept it in better shape than the Saddle Dome. The Saddle Dome, Jack, uh, and for your listeners on on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, I'll tell you this. When there's a big snowstorm in Calgary, they have to send up engineers onto the roof to check for cracks and, and oh, weak man. points. That's, that's how bad that saddle dome aesthetic uh, is. That's scary. They, they, can't, they can't even bring in big concerts because uh, the roof can't handle a lot of the, yeah. the weight from you know, the, the setup from these concerts. So those concerts come up to Edmonton. No big deal. And uh, that's just how we roll up here. <laughs> and that's a win for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody... I'm, missing, I'm missing summertime Chicago right now, man. This is Chicago at its oh. best, and everything's closed down for the summer. It hurt my heart. You know what? The draft a couple of years ago, I, I don't think I've had that much fun at an NHL event. And usually you have a ton of fun at NHL events. Anyway, I digress. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to pander to your audience because uh, it is my favorite road city. But uh, we certainly welcome the Chicago Blackhawks and their staff here at Edmonton during our summer. But let's get to that game because uh, this is going to be a Central Division showdown. Uh, it seems like the league went with the biggest rivalries for their exhibition game, right? which is fantastic. We saw some animosity between the Oilers and Flames last <laughs> night. That was interesting. Uh, it was great. And you knew that there would be some of that. Oh, and, uh, you knew Cassian was going to do something. He wasn't course. just going to sit there. Kachuk on the goal that Calgary scored definitely interfered with Mike right. Smith. You know, and they they didn't decide to challenge. So uh, maybe we'll get a playoff series between those two teams. That but would be something. Oh, it'd be fantastic. But tonight, Jack, what are you looking for from the Hawks in regard to their game with the Blues? Because I know it's a tough test, and I know it's the defending Stanley Cup champs, champs that they're going to be facing. But uh, what specifically do Hawks fans need to key in on tonight? That's a great question there, Tom. But before I answer, I need to talk about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation one more time check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection and make sure to let them know the lockdown podcast network sent you rockauto.com an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices Yeah, tough test right away like you said defending Stanley Cup champion and division rival St. Louis Blues uh, I don't think we're going to really care about the score too much tonight. I think it's more so we're looking to see how Corey Crawford is going to handle 
uh, some game level shots. He's probably going to start the game. I would expect um, probably just a period or two while we give a couple other guys a look, but we're really going to be interested to see how Crawford handles his first game action since the NHL paused back on March 11th. And also I'm very interested to see what looks we get on the Blackhawks power play that really struggled in the regular season. As we talked about on yesterday's episode, they finished 28th in the NHL, which is not what they need to be at if they hope to beat the Edmonton Oilers in the qualifying round. And then the last thing I think we're really going to look at is just how the defense handles a strong offensive team like the Blues. I think everyone knows that the weak point of this Blackhawks team is their defensive core. Uh, a lot of inexperience back there on the third pairing with Slayer Cuckoo. And we also have Adam Boquist in the mix. He's only 19 years old. Calvin DeHaan had another shoulder surgery this offseason. Connor Murphy's had a lingering groin injury. So I think it's just more so we're going to see how those guys handle a good offensive team like the Blues and if they're able to give Corey Crawford some help because if the Oilers are putting up 35, 40 shots on Corey Crawford, this series isn't going to go well for the Blackhawks. Tom Gazzola from Locked On Oilers, Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks coming at you and in another crossover episode of Locked On Podcast Network's NHL coverage. And, and you're talking about the weaknesses going into the series of this Blackhawks squad, Jack. And, you know, let's talk about some of their strengths because uh, it, there are some potent players up front for the Blackhawks. And I know it is, you know, Jonathan Taze and, and Patrick Cade and Duck and Keith mm-hmm. obviously can chip in and contribute offensively. Brandon Saad's still there. But what is being expected of the Kirby Docks of the world, of the Drake Kajulas, of the Dylan Stroms, of the Alex Nylanders? Is it realistic to expect them to rise to the occasion? And is that the feeling among fans in Chicago? Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting because – We've talked about how it's a, an interesting roster makeup for the Blackhawks. A lot of old guys, and then at the same time, they are expecting a lot of, out of their young guys like Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, Alex Nylander. Nylander's starting off with another chance in a top six role on the Blackhawks' second line along with Dylan Strom, who also struggled this year. So it, I think if the Blackhawks get the same play they got from their young guys in the regular season, the series isn't going to go well. But we have had a bunch of time off. We've heard good things about Kirby Doc. It's in the break. He's gained a bunch of weight, got a lot stronger, and has been stronger on the puck. Adam Boquist has been uh, apparently getting a lot faster and looking more comfortable in a top four defensive role with the Blackhawks, as we expect him to be in against the Oilers. And then also Alex Nylander. A lot of people have been saying good things about him, but we've we've also heard that in the past. So it's really he's got to – Uh, He's got to walk the walk instead of just doing it in practice. So I think Blackhawks fans are kind of nervous that we have to rely on a young, uh, a young roster so much, but at the same time, there is hope that these guys can be the next group of core players that make a difference for this team. And we have some solid depth players. Like you said, Drake Kajula, he's a guy with some postseason experience in Edmonton can kind of slot anywhere up and down the lineup. We've seen him on the first line. We've seen him on the fourth line. So he's a, uh, a type of guy that can really come up big for the Blackhawks in this postseason if he can do uh, a bunch of everything. But it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, Tom, how well these young players rise to the occasion because that's what the Blackhawks are going to need in order to have success in this postseason. Jack, another one of those young guys I want to keep a keen eye on is Dominic Kubalik because uh, he had a tremendous season. He puts up 30 goals in 68 games. 
uh, 46 points overall. That's a heck of a rookie season. I know he's a bit of an older rookie at 24, uh-huh. but his first taste of National Hockey League playoff action is coming up. How do you think he'll go about handling it, and what kind of revelation has he been for this Blackhawks squad this season? Oh, he was fantastic with the struggles from Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strome this year. Dominic Kubelik was really the guy to step up and lead the secondary scoring in the Blackhawks forward department this year. 30 goals to lead all rookies. He was really good in the second half of the season on the top line with Jonathan Taze and Brandon Saad. Those two had some tremendous chemistry down the stretch, and that landed Kubelik the rookie goal scoring title and also a nomination for the 2020 Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. And Tom, the interesting thing right now is that head coach Jeremy Colleton has Dominic Kubelik currently skating on the Blackhawks third line with Kirby Doc and Drake Kajula. And I kind of understand that he's doing that to kind of spread out the scoring in his forward groups. But at the same time, when you have a guy who scored 30 goals in his first NHL season at 24 years old, and only four of them came on the power play, and he actually averaged like 14 minutes per game this season. There were only four players in the NHL who actually had a higher goals per 60 minutes average than Dominic Kubelik this year, Tom. And those four guys were Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, and Mika Zabinijad. Dominic Kubelik was fifth on that list. That's pretty good company to say the least. Jack, how about Alex Dabrinkit? What happened to him this season? (laughs) This is a guy who had 40 last year, 41 to be exact. And he comes back and I guess the book's out on him because people know he's a scorer. And he had his coming out party in 2018-2019, but he he buries 18 in 70 Oof. games this year, and, and good for just 45 points. That's 31 points and less than he had last year. And I know they played 12 less games because of the pause and all of that. But what have you noticed in terms of the Debrinket from 18-19 that's different from the Debrinket of 19-20? Honestly, he's even said this himself. I think the biggest difference is he's just honestly not getting the puck luck that he got last year. It seemed like he was just getting some lucky bounces and just the pucks that were fine in the back of the net last year, they they weren't this year. You look at his shots on goal total and they were, he played in 12 fewer games this year, obviously because of the shortened season. And he had right around the same amount of shots on goal. He had 13 less shots on goal in 12 fewer games. So he's putting the same amount of shots he is on net he just shot 10% worse than he did last yeah. year. Last season, 18.6 shooting percentage. This season, 8.7. And a lot of that, too, is the Blackhawks really struggled on the power play for the entirety of the season. In 2018-19, uh, DeBrinket, Eric Gustafson, and Patrick Kane went on a two-month rampage where the Blackhawks were one of the top five power plays in the entire NHL. And DeBrinket seemed to be scoring one or two two power play goals every other game or something like that. And this season, he just didn't have the same success, and neither did the Blackhawks on the team as uh, on the man advantage as a team, I should say. So I think uh, Alex DeBrinkett is still going to get the same looks that he did uh, in the past. He's going to be playing on the top line with Jonathan Taze and Brandon Saad, at least to start the series versus Edmonton. And that's mostly where he's going to be in a top six role. The Blackhawks, even though they didn't get the results they wanted out of him this year, he was playing the right brand of hockey. And we know what he can do if he just gets the ball rolling a little bit. So I'm not too worried about Alex Dabrinkit. Um, but if he doesn't start pouring goals in the postseason, it is going to uh, it is going to start a little bit of concern in Chicago. 
Tom Gazzola with you from Locked On Oilers. Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks as we continue our crossover series here on the Locked On Podcast. Now we're getting set for the Oilers and Blackhawks qualifying round, which kicks off Saturday afternoon. Here's an interesting thing, Jack, that uh, I saw from the Chicago Blackhawks organization. They put out a statement on Wednesday, and I kind of want to get your take on this because it, it, it does – hit close to home with what we've seen here in Edmonton. So I'm going to read a snippet of it, and then I want your take on this. So the Hawks put out a statement saying, as we prepare to return to play and represent you in the Stanley Cup qualifiers in Edmonton, we want our fans to be very clear on what it means to be a part of the Blackhawks family, regardless of whether we could be together in the arena. We've always maintained an expectation that our fans uphold an atmosphere of respect and after extensive and meaningful conversations with our Native American partners, We have decided to formalize those expectations. Moving forward, headdresses will be prohibited for fans entering Blackhawks sanctioned events or the United Center when Blackhawks home games resume. These symbols are sacred, traditionally reserved for leaders who have earned a place of great respect in their tribe and we should not be generalized and should not be generalized or used as a costume or for everyday wear. And this resonates here in Edmonton because our CFL team formerly known as the Eskimos up until last week for 71 years were known as the Eskimos. And after plenty of consultation, public feedback, uh, the team has retired the Eskimos name and is now searching for a new name. They're now just the Edmonton football club or the double E football club uh, for the time being. How has this whole debate gone over in the city of Chicago and amongst Blackhawks fans, Jack? I think for the most part, Everyone for a significant amount of time now has been on board with getting rid of the headdresses. I think that's a long overdue move as uh, it's just, it's something that doesn't need to be worn at a Blackhawks game. Do you see it a lot there? I wouldn't go and say a lot. And I don't want to sound wrong when I say this, but usually when the people that are wearing it are usually like very intoxicated, like (laughs) 50 year old white adults. Yep. Uh, or just people that just aren't knowledgeable of the topic. And I think it was just the right call by the Blackhawks. You don't, like I said, you don't see it too often, but I have seen it at a couple of games. And uh, I think they're usually the ones chanting. All, I don't know. But anyways, I think it was the right call by the Blackhawks just to get rid of this long overdue for a handful of years now. And it's just something that we have to consider now with the Blackhawks. We've talked about their logo a handful of times. Um, and they made a strong statement about a month ago now, I want to say, with sticking by their logo and trying to be better in the future to only honor uh, Blackhawk and do their best to honor what he has done for Native Americans. And mm-hmm. I think they made a really good statement about that. I personally can't really touch on the matter because I'm not a Native American myself. So I'm not sure how all the Native Americans feel about the Blackhawks keeping their logo. But I do think that they made a good statement in support of why they made their decision. Yeah, I mean, it created a ton of debate here with the Eskimos name. And, uh, you know, there's some First Nations, Indigenous peoples that wanted to keep it. And then there were others that thought it was offensive. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. You know, you, you want to do what's respectful towards those uh, those people certainly, and and that's why we saw the name change. But uh, a lot of controversy in this time of social awakening. All right, Jack. Finally, hey, I had my day yesterday. It was my game day to cover. Uh, today is your game day to cover. What other notes do we need to keep an eye on, and uh, little tidbits that we should watch for as we uh, take in the St. Louis Blues Chicago Blackhawks game late this afternoon? 
Yeah, so I think all eyes are going to be on Corey Crawford tonight. Everyone's going to be watching how he handles the St. Louis Blues and probably that first period. I think that's we expect him to get the start. Uh, I'm also excited to see Kirby Doc, Alex Nylander. Those two guys have been talked about a lot in the Blackhawks training camp about how much better they look since the regular season was paused a few months ago. So I'm excited to see how those guys fare in their first game action back since the pause. And also... Uh, I know the NHL granted teams to dress 13 forwards and seven defensemen for these exhibition games. So I'm also excited to see uh, a 13th forward guy. Like I think the Blackhawks are going to give Dylan Secura a look in the lineup tonight. He's been really good in training camp. He had a hat trick in one of their scrimmages a few days ago. So I'm excited to see uh, a fringe guy like him get a look as he could potentially find his way into the lineup if there is an injury or anything COVID related does unfortunately happen in this postseason. And then lastly, I think we just need to take a look at the decor as a whole. They're getting a tough test in their first game back against the St. Louis Blues. We know what they can do offensively. Obviously, they won the Stanley Cup last year, so they're a strong team. They got a lot of good players up front, led by Ryan O'Reilly. So this is a big test for the Blackhawks right out of the gate. And if they can have a strong defensive showing tonight against St. Louis and get that momentum and get the energy and get the morale high heading into the Oilers series, and I think that will do them some due, due diligence heading into uh, the series against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers starting on Saturday, Tom. It is the Blackhawks and the Blues, 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 5.30 p.m. Central Time. Jack Bushman, thank you so much uh, from Locked On Blackhawks. You can follow Jack at Jack Bushman, too. I'm at Tom Gazzola. And, uh, Jack, hey, let's do this again. How about tomorrow, pal? Absolutely. I'm 100% down for it, Tom. Looking forward to it. We'll have some uh, Blackhawks news to find, some Blackhawks news from a game to finally talk about. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, July 29th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow both the Lockdown Blackhawks and Lockdown Oilers podcasts for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they come out each day. And after the show, Ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates before hockey's return on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. This upcoming Saturday, August 1st, we will be seeing postseason hockey, hockey back in action for the first time in nearly five months. All right, so thank you again for tuning in to Wednesday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Until tomorrow's episode, please enjoy the rest of your day.